0: Good day, everyone. I'm Dayan, and I am Camille. And welcome to another episode of the STEM Box Podcast.
1: Please, you know, please consider going into the STEM field. I know that it's difficult. You know, there's a lot of science and all these core knowledge that are there, physics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, keep at it. You know, just chaga chaga in terms of getting to know it even better. Kindle your curiosity to learn more about what STEM is. And don't be discouraged by sometimes the difficulty in trying to master these things. That's life, you know? You need to be able to just keep at it, you know, get the grit. You need to be able to, to fall on your face once in a while, but learn how to stand up and then go, go at it again, you know? Get into it. And I can assure you that because of the, the need for our country and the demand that is already there in industry, we definitely will need that type of skill.
0: We're already around a month into 2021, and we're almost a year into this pandemic, meaning schools have been shut down for almost a year as well. And it hasn't been easy for our students. And with all these uncertainties, it would really be a good idea, I guess, to somehow reassure them regarding their future and what are their career options and how will the jobs of the future will look like now. With all these technological advancements and these innovations, These require a new set of skills or perhaps a better way of training our students and teachers with these skills. And even with this growing demand for STEM or STEM-related careers, students are still somehow at crossroads trying to figure out what their choices are.
2: Joining us today is Mr. Sebastian Quinones of Filipina Shell Foundation, the social arm of shell companies in the Philippines. He is an alumnus of the University of the Philippines, Diliman, and has been with Shell Company since 1981, where he had multiple roles in operations areas until his corporate role as managing director, general manager of Shell Philippines Exploration League. Together with serving as the executive director of PSFI, he is also active in other service-led groups such as the Mindoro Biodiversity Conservation Foundation and the Union Church of Manila. So, in today's podcast episode, we'll be talking about the future of STEM careers and how we can build a better learning ecosystem for our students as they prepare for their future. So, hi, Mr. Quinones or Sir Bastet. It truly is such an honor to have you join us today.
1: It is my honor, actually.
2: Yeah, so Zerva if you'd like, maybe you can share a little bit more about yourself, your work, and other involvement.
1: Okay, thank you very much, Camille and Diane. So, as uh, mentioned already, I started my career in 1981 in uh, Shell. And I, you know, I this is my first job. Yeah, I started when I graduated from the University of the Philippines under a chemical engineering degree. Uh, it was the company that I entered. When my high school, it, was at the Philippine Science High School, so I'm class of '76. on that. And so my background is really very STEM-heavy, as you put it. That, you know, people talk about it that way. And Camille already mentioned my job has been in operations. So this is basically the side of the business where you know you get things done you know, in terms of trying to do the background processes and ensuring that you have what is needed to be able to give our marketing and other colleagues, you know. Products to sell. So that's about me.
0: Okay, thank you, Sir Busta. It's really great to hear also that you've been involved in many other different organizations and roles, whether in and out of Challenge. It really shows how passionate you are as well on not just promoting STEM, but also improving STEM for our students. And I guess, as mentioned already in our previous discussion, there's already this demand for also aligning education with the needs. But this is something that a lot of industry leaders mention, you know, um, aligning education with the needs of the fourth industrial revolution. And employers are already demanding a whole range of skills from these students. So I guess from your perspective, what do you think is the future of work and how will it affect students or current employees and STEM
1: education? Well, The pandemic really revealed something which was already happening, but it just accelerated it. And that's the fact that we are now becoming more and more digitally connected. And one thing uh, that when it comes to working remotely, you you need to have the capability of doing that. And so there are two types when I say capability. You know, one is, of course, the IT infrastructure. Normally, you know, it's not actually being done by us itself or by the students or what, but it's a national sort of an activity where it includes bandwidth, availability. It involves, you know, the proper machines and things that computers that, you know, the students or people can use. Then the flip side of that is, of course, how you use it. And that's where we really need to to upgrade the skills, you know, Throughout, so it's not just the students, but actually also the workers, yeah. And so, having that type of change is the one that's driving the needed activities for industry and, of course, academia. The new workers in the future will really require to be digitally savvy, but they also have to be taught how to do that. You just don't, you know. I, my four-year-old granddaughter knows how to swipe already on the iPad, but to be able to make it worthwhile ano, in terms of being able to actually utilize yung knowledge na yon needs training. Hindi lang uwi do. So, they need to be trained to be able to optimize yung mga digital technologies na yon. And then third, ano, is that once you know how to use it, you need to be able to then exert yung tinatawag na executive abilities. Ang executive abilities can are is a, an ability to be able to do time management properly, knowing how to prioritize your work, and of course, being able to communicate very, very well. So you, that type of uh, is also needs a lot of training. You just don't also acquire executive abilities. And then finally, you, know, you need to have to complement the executive abilities. You need to require a high level of critical thinking and innovation. Your current situation because of the pandemic you know, has really hampered supply chain, has hampered face-to-face and all the like there. And you need innovative solutions to be able to, to get to this, to a desired result there. So your critical thinking and innovation is really a must you know, when it when you look at future of work.
0: Agree Sir Baste. I mean, it's really more about how you use these skills, like the technologies there, the innovation is already there, but it's more about how do we train them and how do we help them learn these skills needed for it. So I guess my next question is like, how do we bring these STEM skills to
1: the workplace? So first, let's talk about skills. So there's when we talk about STEM, you know, we, there's two components there that we really should uh, differentiate. You know. One is, of course, the science part. The science part is the knowledge base. It's the foundational aspects. It's the, you know, what is the basic things about nature, the cosmos, and all the like there. And this is pure knowledge type of things. So that's one skill that needs to be inculcated into the students. The second skill that is needed to be injected is the implementation part or the application part, and that's technology. So technology is the application of all of those scientific principles. And using technology allows us, or humans, to be able to develop processes where we can then get solutions to wide number of problems. So it requires a great deal of collaboration amongst many groups. Of course, the industry, academe, government, to be able to make the proper balance of this to happen. And we have a very, very large, let's put this way, marathon ahead of us. I believe you all know about this uh, 2018 study, you know, that the Philippines first got into, the PISA study where we wanted to see where we were on reading math, science, you know, the old Philippine education. And unfortunately, the Philippines was 79 out of 79, meaning we were the worst. We were the lowest ranked. In reading, math, science, and this was in 2018. Yeah? So at that particular point where everything was done face to face and you had the materials, you know, in front of you, imagine what happened in 2020 when now you have to do everything remote, diba? So it now you know it requires us to think about a holistic way of paano natin magagawa na mabigay yung Unamuna yung first skill, ano, yung science part, yung know how, yung knowledge part into the students remotely so that they can do the technology part, you know, the application part, meaning hands, you know, in a way which is, which they are doing in their homes, you know, because of the pandemic. So, yung problem na yan ngayon is being addressed. And in the past two days, we had the STEM Summit. And in the STEM Summit, you know, I noted that there were there were thousands of people there. And ASEAN was well-represented. And uh, I participated there, and it really was heartening to see that our policymakers, including the Philippines, DepEd, and the like, realized the fact that we are at this situation. And in fact, Secretary Briones had a 3 prong uh, approach to try to make the solution happen. You know, the first one is, of course, Infra. infra. We need the proper schools the proper equipment and thereabouts to be able to make things happen. The second one is, of course, the the materials that is needed. So you do have the school, but then you need the materials. You need the books, you need the, the technology content, the science and technology content to be able to uh, to spread to the to the students. And then finally and most important, you need good teachers. And so teacher upgrading was really mandatory. And the, those three... Key themes, you know, were again reflected in the STEM summit, and I'm very glad to say that uh, it has been also embraced by industry, and so we're willing to assist, you know, the government and other groups, you know, who are wanting to to get the Philippines out of the 79, 79, and, and at least you know, upgrade ourselves much much better. So again, that's like, I know it's a long answer, but that's what I think the skills. So to summarize again, the skills that are needed to equip students science, which is the basic aspect, and technology, which is the application. And for that to happen, we really need to ensure that we start at an early stage yeah, because of the fact that our training is not that good, but that now industry, academia, and government are collaborating to make it happen.
0: Thank you, Sir Baste. That's very insightful. And it's good that you mentioned teachers also, because that also brings me to my Next question about how can we better train them when teaching these skills to our students? Because you know it goes both ways eh? so we also end up training and retraining our teachers and students because of current demand.
1: So, you know, teachers are really yung mga bayani, you know. In the sense that day in, day out, they really try to ensure that the knowledge that they have they can impart on the kids. And then they also try to kindle the curiosity that then will be the one that drives the children to even do more. Yeah? So you look at you can look at it. My analogy is you can look at it as a teacher is the one who carries a little bit of a I don't know it, it's a destructive one, but you, he, she's the match, you know. She has this little flame that's there, and then when she puts it to the student, you know, the student then sees it and then wow, you know, then using the energy that he ha- that the student has creates a much much bigger sort of uh, luminescence yeah that that can then can be used to be the light and or to do other things going forward but you need that match you need that little you know the starter yeah and that's the teacher now so how do we equip them so one of course is basically ensuring that they are taken care of first with regards to the the things that are I would say not directly teaching, but rather that can help them in their daily lives. And you know? so I'm very glad to note that their salary levels are now okay, and the like that they are provided the tools that they you know can make the proper lesson plans and all the like that they are given empowerment to be able to to see you know how to optimize to a certain extent. And you know? but of course noting the the general requirements of the academic calendar, yeah. So, in other words, they're able to innovate also to a certain extent. So that allows them to also have their creative juices there. And then next is of course ensuring that the content that they have is available. So giving that content to the teacher, you know, you now need to ensure that the way that they're able to deliver that content is, you know, I'd say world-class. And this is where I think we as a country really need to work on very hard. We're limited kasi by the fact that our schools, you know, a lot of times, you know, imagine when you have a school that's underneath the, the trees, kasi infra. you know how difficult it is it for the teacher to be able to impart you proper knowledge, you know. So we really need to be able to give that to the teachers also. So it's not only the the book content, but rather also the equipment. Yeah? So sana to the sa teachers then finally you know with regards to to all of that the teachers then need to be able to to be trained on how to deliver you know how to deliver the the message a lot of times you know you you have the concept of a teacher you know not looking at the kids they but they're on the blackboard writing something you know the like and then looking at the teach and kids and saying you understand you know or what's 1 plus 1 it's not <laughs> Hindi very appealing, right? So we, there has to be ways to be able to get to uh, certain ways of, of transferring the knowledge, which is more face-to-face and the like. Maybe you can do that by uh, using more technology. The teacher can then sort of mold the way that she does with various groups you know, by having different workbooks or work schemes in the classroom. Right? So the delivery part needs to be improved also. And this is where technology then can come in, okay?
2: Yeah, and I guess what really struck me was when Cerbaste mentioned the importance of different agencies helping in improving the STEM ecosystem for our learners. So just now, Cerbaste emphasized the importance of teachers in improving, actually the term used was molding our learners, no? their knowledge and their skills. And it reminds me of what Dr. Levin mentioned in the STEM summit, she mentioned in the closing program how the industry needs, they change so fast that the education sector can't fully adapt to it And that's why industries are so important because they also help in assisting or bridging that, that gap. So I guess now we'd like to know more about the efforts and programs led by your organization, Sir particularly the Pilipinas Shell Foundation, in addressing these challenges? And if ever, is there a way that others can also participate in your programs or efforts?
1: So as you can see, it's not just a uh, Filipino Shell Foundation that is trying to make a structural change, but it's quite a number of industry groups that work with academe to mold the foundational aspects like curricula. Yeah? To be able to ensure that it's systematically done All right now for uh filipina shell foundation itself the fact that there's a word there shell you know, implies that we belong to a much larger organization and i'm very proud to say that uh, within shell there is a very very clear uh, thrust to be able to provide opportunity yeah? opportunity at various levels And in fact, our Projects and Technology Director, who belongs to the Executive Committee of uh, Shell, meaning these are the the gods upstairs, Harry Breckelmans is his name, and he says, you know, there is not a dearth of intelligence, nor the heart for learning amongst the various students in the world. What there is a lack of is opportunity. And so Shell then decided, what can we put in as a program to assist the kids enough in getting the opportunity to actually have a taste of what STEM is, and then after that, allow them to make, well, influence them, not allow them, influence them to make a decision to go to STEM. And a program that we have, therefore, is called Explorer, you know, and then Explorer. and. The, the the play of words is that of course it's the next explorers you know? but what it does is that this particular program which is focused on the senior high folk you know, and i know that you know i was told that a lot of you that are in this podcast are senior high
0: you know?
1: these are an opportunity to be able to get introduced to what is called design thinking critical collaborative activities and then Finding out or even participating in a process where you can develop new, you can innovate, yeah? and your activity w- results into a project, which then gets into a, a sort of a contest. Yeah, because obviously, you know, having a contest with prizes and all that is a is a very good way to incentivize you know the students to be able to do to get into it. Yeah, and that. You know, those contests that are happening there, we give very big prices. And in fact, if it is a technology or if it is something, an innovation that that can add what is called economic value added, Okay, for those of you later on who will get into the STEM field and business, you, you need to have economic value added because you need to make money also, right? out of your innovation. Yeah. And so if it becomes a, a project which has ever... Yeah. Then that means that we will fund it, and Shell is also has a program called Livewire, which will then utilize your bright ideas, and you can have pitch sessions where you can show to the judges you know, how great your idea is, and we can provide funding for for it. Uh, we just completed the pitch sessions for the uh, Livewire 2020, and and. One of the winners, we gave 500,000 pesos you know, to be able to incubate their, their innovation and make it into a business. So we really want to start from basic knowledge about what uh, STEM is, yeah? so science, technology, engineering, math, what it really means, you know, and how to then we give them with our volunteers, we give the various high schools an opportunity to, to actually experience it. By the way, before the pandemic happened in 2019, we had gone to 25 high schools. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, last year everything had to be done remote, so there was a, obviously a vast, a much smaller number. But you know, having that opportunity to actually go there and expose them with volunteers who act, who have done it before you know, is something that also students like to do, see. But right? they like to see their kuya and, and ate you know, giving them tips. And then finally after that, we have the, the the period where they are left to do their work with their own, with their teachers. And by the way, as another way of embedding, just as a Pasakalye, we're also working with other groups like Teach for the Philippines, where we work with them to embed teachers into the high schools where we have introduced these next explorers, so that they can then be there for a few years to be able to embed it even further. And then after that, so after the embedding and all the like, and they, a project comes out, then we have contests to figure out which is the best innovation. And then hopefully after that, those innovations can then eventually, you know, get into something which can be a startup. Yeah, and then it goes to Livewire, where we, where we provide the money to be able for them to commercialize it. So you see, that's, that's a whole stream of, that Shell does from concept all the way to business application. And that's done at the senior high school or high school all the way to graduate level. Another program that I'd like to highlight are the ones that require skills upgrading. So we all know that in our K-12, you have a, you have the stream, whether you either go to more college or university type of courses, but there's also those that, that are better at skill, meaning that they, you know they, they, they work with their hands, and much better. Their eye, hand, uh, and mind coordination is such that they can, you know, utilize that skill even better. And so, Filipina Shell Foundation also has programs related to this. And what we do is that we have tie-ups with institutions like Don Bosco, yeah, you know, where we have these students. And by the way, this is not just high school students, but out-of-school youth. So we provide them an opportunity where they can go into a tech voc type of a uh, career where then they can utilize that skill to be in the automotive uh, mechanic training computer hardware and IT stuff yeah and even there's also an agricultural component uh, on ours where we where we then also teach them about how to do better you know planting and all the like there it's called integrated farming biosystems yeah so it's a less formal type of education because it's a shorter program. But then it also involves skills upgrading, which is, which is also a key component of STEM. So I'd like to also mention that we also have, on this other side of the spectrum, we have a, a partnership with PhilDev. So this is the institution that Dado Banatao, you know, has set up. And his, that organization has quite a number of scholarships or scholars so they have scholarship programs and what they do is that they tie up with various industries to say, Hey, we have hundred scholars. Mr. Shell, would you like to assist us in pushing them through through university via funding and mentoring and all the like? So these are now at the these are at the university level. So this group we we really mentor. With our senior executives and the like because we are also wanting to have since they are now university and you know get getting closer to the workforce there's also the a bit of a selfish notion here to say hey actually shell is a good company to join maybe you should try to consider it and all the like there and we give senior executives uh mentoring sessions with them so they actually can see what it is to work for shell yeah so they get not only the the scientific and all the start there but uh, but also the business and industry needed skills to be able to join a multinational like shell so just as a summary so we have the whole spectrum from out of school youth and underprivileged which can get into tech ball and maybe then graduate into higher skill level types of uh, courses senior high Type of people where we bring in design thinking critical thinking through an explorer then we also have the way to field them which then utilizes uh, partnerships with groups who have scholars which we then push through university and add on a another layer of mentoring and training so that they can potentially become feedstock not only for well for shell and also allied industries <laughs>
2: Dermaste, thanks so much for sharing that. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm sold. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to go back to senior high school and, you know, uh-huh. join Next And I guess going, like, looking back at my life, because I'm also a fresh graduate, but I have no STEM background. I, yeah, I also don't, ha- I never really got the chance to have that type of, you know, like internship experience. to ex- Like, from the, you were saying, the whole process of, the concept and then planning it and then really having that sense of ownership. Na idea koto. Tapos incubate and then with the support of uh, industries to fund it. Parang oh, <laughs> I really wish that a lot more students, even if it wasn't, even if I wasn't part of it, <laughs> na a lot more students can have access to that.
1: Camille, I like just to add that part because you mentioned that you've already finished. You know? one thing that we're also looking at now. This is now where the STEM alliance and you know other groups are trying to do is what do we do now with those that have finished university, yeah, and so we are wanting to do internship programs, yeah. So we're trying our best to figure out. Hey, wait a second. You know, you have you have a lot of people who have completed schooling, yeah, but don't have the formal skills really yet to be able to make it happen in industry. So. We try to push the innovation side via live wire and the like so that people can become entrepreneurs, you know. Again, remember EVA, EVA, economic value adding. But we also would need to have the foot soldiers of industry. Yeah. Foot soldiers who then become the captains, the colonels, and then the generals, you know. And here we're trying our very best to see how we can work as industry and putting in grads within our system. We are aware of the fact that Quite a number of the, the the kids now want to have something very quick. They, you know millennials they like to see how they can be able to to make something happen, you know, so early in their careers. But then are quite fickle in the sense na sandaleya no ah or the been there been that concept na okay next they want to go to the next and gig economy is nice yeah. Gig workers are okay, but you also need people who are, can stabilize and work within an uh, industry for quite some time. So we try to aim to hit all of those. Yeah. So people who, internships first, where we can offer time-bound slots, where people can sort of experience these and the like. And then who knows, after that sort of internship program, they can then say, hey, maybe I can sign on for a little bit longer. Yeah or we work with other groups that, or other industries that are focused really on saying, hey, maybe we can utilize you know, a certain pool of people to be able to then be the feedstock for their companies in other areas. So we're working with this in uh, the STEM Alliance, and we're also working with this and with the League of Corporate Foundations. So as I mentioned that, you know, I'm the chair of the, I'm the trustee that oversees the, the whole education sort of group. You know, And so we're, t- we're trying to figure out how we can get more and more people or more and more students in that who can possibly get into the internship programs with our various companies. So Camille, don't worry, give us a little bit more of time in terms of trying to figure out how we can do the internship programs going forward. For those who, are, who have already finished <laughs> University.
2: Sir Baste, I'll take your word for
0: it, ha? <laughs> looking, I'm also looking forward I to it. I have a chance. I have a chance. have a chance But yeah, I mean, I guess
2: going back to what Sir Baste was saying, uh, it has to start young and then it has to be continuous, ba? Because learning doesn't stop, naman, even if you've finished school. So yeah, thank you for. Thank you for emphasizing that, Sir Beste. And to now, I wanted to backtrack a bit into the senior high stage. Like, there's a recent study conducted for, it's called the youth in STEM research. And it was evident that one of the factors in STEM drop-off, particularly for senior high school students or senior high school females, is the lack of awareness of STEM-related careers. So the basis for it is more, Females, they usually associate STEM to medical. Kung STEM, it means medicine lang yung plako. And then for males, ang usual association is engineering. And while that's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Maybe we'd like to know about your insights on like, what do you think about this perception of STEM careers? And how do you think that that could affect the future of work or industry in general?
1: Yeah. Okay, thank you. So. We need to go back again to what STEM really is. You know? STEM is critical thinking, innovation, creativity, problem solving, and how to apply all of this into technologies we can, which can then get into economic value adding. There's no such thing as gender within that, right? But you mentioned again, where are they end results? Nila? Well, just to advise you, uh, no? for example, in my previous my pre, my last role in, in corporate yeah, as general manager for Shell Philippines Exploration, the current operations manager for Shell Philippines Exploration, the person who looks after the platform in the West Philippine Sea, and the like, is a lady. Yeah, my HSSE Health Safety Security and Environment manager at that time was a lady. So there were other ladies who were in the roles which. Which had, you know, the, the areas where you need critical thinking, et cetera, et cetera, and all that. Obviously, there were, you know, there were engineers rotating, equipment engineers, there were electrical engineers, you know, that, who took on uh, these roles not because they wanted to prove something being a woman, yeah, you know, but rather that they had an interest of it at a very early stage. So my my belief is that we need to ensure that. This, this concept about STEM, what it really is, is drilled down on our students at a very early stage. And by doing so, they will see that it's not gender specific. Converse to that though, is industry. And I'm very proud to say that for Shell, there is a concept called diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And we therefore are very conscious of wanting to know the demographics of the employees. You have a company who's willing to 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 be able to see what it is, you know, how they look like, and when we were already doing this, we noted that other companies were far more advanced than Shell. When uh, we were still doing it for in a in a very coherent manner in in the East, yeah, we already saw that uh, this was happening, and because of that, then they all realized, whoa, you know, there's hardly any women, pala within this particular area then they we started to ask why is that yeah. and again you know just what like you mentioned camille you know, about there seems to be some preferences and or glass ceilings or even micro inequities meaning that you know people do things consistently keeping on blocking and blocking and blocking where in fact it was a micro inequity you know it's not something that's that is you can see but it is really happening you know so we, we consciously took the effort to ensure that we had diversity. But there's also this concept of inclusion that came a little bit later. So you can be diverse, you can, you can have uh, many different views. But if you also don't have the process of allowing the diversity to sort of permeate within your system through an inclusive process, forget it. Yeah. You still have uh, certain groups of people who call the shots. Yeah. And so we, we, the concept of inclusion came in to be able to, to bring in more of people who have diverse thinking into the system. Yeah. So you need it in both ways. You need people or you need the kids to, to really say, hey, wait a second, there's no such thing as a gender specific role, really. Yeah, but the, you need to be able to then have them, and you know, have the kids say, yeah, I, I like it, you know, I want to do it. So there's no longer roadblocks, yeah, at this particular point, for you for children or for kids not to do that. But I'm also glad to say that there's no more on the industry side, the absorbing side, that the roadblocks and uh, the processes that have been blocking women and other, you know other diverse groups entering the workforce are now are now less and less uh, there
2: yeah thanks so much for that sir Bose. so I guess from that to sum up what do you think are the greatest influence or enablers for students to to choose and to stay in STEM careers
1: so industry is trying our very best to open up areas where students can come in so that they can be absorbed into it. And so that partnership will continue going forward. And we want to make sure that aside from traditional areas, the newer parts, which involves AI, the big tech, and all the like there, you know, start to come into our system. To be able to put up all of these new things, you know, solar, et cetera, et cetera, and all the like, requires so many changes uh, within the system. It's really complex yeah so the demand is there yeah the demand is there industry is willing to put in money to be able to make it happen but the supply is lacking
0: wow (laughs) I must say I'm speechless again as Camille mentioned also I'm I'm sold and it's really great and I guess reassuring to hear that We have leaders like you who are striving to make STEM better for students, and how you're also, I guess, fostering this lifelong learning ecosystem for our STEM students, like from their education, through the STEM curriculum, the opportunities for them, and just how we can keep them interested in STEM. And not just for students, no, like even for fresh grads or not so fresh grads like myself. Like, I, I feel very hopeful also that maybe there are more opportunities for me to hone these STEM skills or this STEM interest. And I guess as we close the session, we have one last question. Like Maybe you have maybe any last words or advice on how students and fresh graduates can move forward given the situation, given this pandemic.
1: Hmm. Okay. So you mentioned something, Diane, about learning and you know and it doesn't need to come with age yeah you know. so if that's very true you know people like myself having a senior citizen card doesn't necessarily mean that it's it you know I'm I just need to take care of my grandchild and do nothing else you know obviously I love taking care of my grandchild and I gosh it's a really tiring thing and so you therefore my productive time doing other things is a lesson but nonetheless you know I can still be productive and that's why I chose to still be in this sort of role. The the children of now need to be able to focus longer term. So my request is that aside from my appeal a while ago about people learning, getting into STEM and all the like there, is to have a longer term view of what it is in terms of humanity in general. The technological changes that are happening now which, which are based on great scientific breakthroughs that's really accelerated. And you have people like Elon Musk, you know, who are now wanting to go to Mars and all the like there, which you know is a a really aspirational type of activity that is there. You know? But there's actually a more important aspect that is needed by our country now. And that is ensuring that we have food security for our country, for our people. That we have at least, you know, the basic requirements for nutrition at an early age. That we have proper sanitation facilities, you know, throughout the whole country, so that the scourge, you know, of malnutrition, which will then cause stunting and wasting, of our of our population is is really you know nipped at the bud. And we we must it's a it's something that's super urgent for us. Another super urgent thing for us is climate change. We we need to make sure that we have a proper way of dealing with plastics, dealing with how we manage our biodiversity and the like so that we can coexist you know, with nature in a really good way and so that it will be sustainable for the future. Again I you know a longer term look on that one and then finally we need to be able to to see how we can improve the way that industries develop and manage the output you know meaning smarter energy utilization more efficient ways of being able to produce products you know from mining we shouldn't just be there digging up the soil and then giving it to another country to process deba. Right? And then they then bring back to us, you know, all of the processed metal and all that at twenty times the value, you know, of what we had given out as ore. You know, we need to be able to develop those things internally in you know, to be able to. So there's certain things that are needed at this particular point, which will impact the 2030, which will impact the future. So for you youngsters out there, you know, that are still starting out. Again, I started out my career you know, in shell in 1981 that's 40 years ago a lot of you were not yet born yeah when i started working it takes a lot of time to be able to do things but you must always make sure that you have the forward-looking view yeah of what our country needs going forward and then put in the passion in your hearts you yeah, to make the difference to want to make the difference one of you i am sure you know that are listening to this podcast, I am, I'm, I really pray and hope, you know, we'll carry on the flame of saying yes, we can make this happen. We can within the Philippines develop vaccines and the like for any type of uh, pandemic that will do going forward. Yeah, we can make it. We can do. We can do that here also. One of you, you know, can think about. Hey, wait a second. How do we do this energy thing? You know this this battery versus solar and all the like, how can we capture all of the energy so that we don't need to have fossil fuels? How can we utilize, the, the, the one of you there you know, can possibly think about how can we utilize IT you know, and make it AI so that we can then develop ways to improve significantly you know, our internet bandwidth. You know? And we're an archipelago. How can we improve the communication systems, you know, so that we're not so reliant on other, you know, big tech in other areas. To, so that we can then harness, you know, local network nodes so that we can communicate with that. And those nodes interconnected can then become the whole of the Philippines. There's so many problems out there that need creative and innovative thinking. And it just requires the spark of energy. Now why am why am I saying one of you one of you one of you is because creativity is never 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 a committee thing it is an individual characteristic it is an individual strength none of us you know none of the groups will ever make a creative product an einstein moment is needed a person is the one that generates creativity so it needs to come from one of you. So my challenge is, why not? Why not you? Why not be the one to be our next creative thinker and implementer for the future?
2: So with that, the fifth episode of our STEM Talks podcast comes to a close. Maraming maraming salamat po talaga sir Baste, for an insightful discussion on you know the future of work and really bringing your perspective on the importance of multi-sectoral alliance towards an enabling environment for our learners and of course our future STEM workers. So. Yeah, with that, tune in our next episodes as we invite more people in STEM to discuss their experiences, journeys, advocacies, and everything in between.
0: STEM Talks is powered by STEM Plus PH, the flagship program of UNAM Foundation. Make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast as well as our Facebook page, STEM Plus PH or at STEMPH.rocks. You can also follow our Instagram at underscore STEMPH for more updates. Make sure to tag us when you share our episodes and use the hashtags STEMPH, stemify, and STEMPHROP. We can't wait to STEMify the future of the Philippines with you.